Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey everyone, it is Rebecca Shalon in for Brandy today and joining me, I'm really excited about this guest, we've got Anthony Fiddler. Hi Anthony, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and so a little bit about Anthony, Um, he is an amazing music producer and has started his own like uh, business and company recording for some really uh, prolific artists in BC and you know he's also a great musician in his own right but he'll give you a better rundown of what he's all about so Anthony I'll let you tell everybody who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah all right um, thanks for the introduction Rebecca uh, yeah my name is Anthony Fiddler um, I am a uh, producer music producer and a musician based out of Vancouver British Columbia Canada and um yeah i work with a lot of artists uh here in the province um and actually uh i guess recently not recently though too like the uh my business has expanded kind of nationally too which is great and even internationally uh through the states and stuff i work with a lot of um songwriters and uh artists that are based out of nashville as well too and then um you know as far as east is toronto and um even the uh you know like prince edward island kind of stuff so yeah i'm, I'm kind of all over uh technology these days has made things pretty easy to be remote and do things from the comfort of your own home yeah it's all very exciting to to hear about um tell us about some of the artists that you've worked with uh yeah well um i've worked with quite a few my main roster is kind of in the country land uh so some of the artists in that regard are uh, uh my fiance's in a band uh in a country trio called the heels um i've uh, we've actually been working on their uh album finishing that up right now but i've worked with uh chris buck um there is a more prolific artist that i can't uh, actually speak about right now but you will find out eventually in uh in the new year um but uh who else uh wes mack um talk- i was gonna say i was like is it wes i have i have worked with him in the past um yeah todd todd richard um a good songwriter buddy of mine doug Falkins. And then, uh, yeah, I've been doing some uh, some pop stuff as well uh, with my um, good friend Ryan Stead and uh, his um, fiance uh, Josephine. They're doing their own kind of uh, pop thing as well. Um, just trying to think where else I've dabbled. You know, I yeah, I've dabbled in the rock uh, genres as well with. Um, uh, guys like Rod Black, who's a country artist actually here, but he's also, he came from a rock band that would probably be well known in the States uh, from Jet Black Stare. Um, so I work with Rod once in a while. Um, and uh, yeah, um, and then, you know, growing up, listening to rock and stuff too, I've had my fair share in, um, you know, metal and stuff as well too. So my, my you know, uh, musical <laughs> background is pretty vast in some aspects 
Yeah, you've got a very big roster there. You're quite accomplished. So how did you get started in this industry? Did you always know you wanted to move into this business? Um, yeah, more or less. Uh, I think I was kind of one of the few coming out of high school that really knew what I wanted to do. And I don't want anyone to feel like pressure that they need to. It's just, you know, I had a passion for it. Uh, even growing up, my my parents uh, were, were very awesome in introducing music to my brother and I. Um, Grown ups, all different kinds of stuff, pop, rock, well, everything. Um, so growing up, you know, listening to music and hearing things, watching live shows and all those kinds of things, music videos. And then uh, eventually, um, you know, playing, learning to play guitar. My brother was a very big influencer in that sense. He was playing guitar before me and was in bands and stuff, had his success uh, actually in the States as well uh, with a band called the Veer Union, who had like a number nine on uh the rock uh, charts there with their song called seasons. And um, he's since disbanded. He's become a, uh, he's become a dad and all that kind of stuff, but uh, taking those influences and things. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, I, I knew I had a real um, want to like record my ideas and stuff that I was writing on uh, guitar and things. And um, you know, my voice, my lyrics and stuff. So I would, uh, I would sit at home in my bedroom and uh, just have a really, really basic recording setup. Actually, I was using like a, a computer microphone that was like one that had a stereo mini that you would like plug into your old iPhone kind of thing. But we're talking like 2000, uh, well, 2000 and <laughs> yeah. like old technology, right? But yeah, it was just, I've, I'd been recording since I was about, you know, 12, 13, I guess, more so started in, you know, in my earlier teens. And then, yeah, throughout the years, um, I would try and dabble in like school subjects that kind of catered to that. We didn't really have like a recording program per se, um, growing up in high school, but we had a media arts, which was like TV and film and all that kind of stuff. So I would do a lot of the sound design on the uh, back end of all the films that my classmates and I would do. So yeah, I guess uh, long story short, yes, I didn't know for some time that I wanted to, to get into this kind of business. Yeah, I like that you um, sort of mentioned that, you know, you were lucky that you kind of always knew what you wanted to do and you had that great support network. Um, it is really awesome when that happens. Uh, sometimes it doesn't and it's okay not to know what, what you want to do. Like uh, we've had guests on the show before where they've changed careers like 10 times in 10 years kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but it, it's good that you sort of had that like firm grounding from, from the get go and had like supportive, uh, people around you to foster that dream. So you kind of started like as a musician and then sort of transitioned into the recording aspect of it. Like, what do you prefer being a musician or, uh, doing the recording side? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think always at heart, I will always be a musician, um, not that you have to be when you're like become a recording engineer or music producer. It certainly obviously helps uh, a ton, even if it's, it doesn't have to be guitar, it can be anything, it can be, you know, piano, uh, bass, drums, whatever. But uh, it certainly does help in terms of, um, you know, being able to lay that stuff on the computer or, you know, chat with other musicians or just get those ideas down and stuff. But um, yeah, um, I think, yeah, it always come musician first, but uh, certainly since taking on production full time, I 
def I typically now answer when people are like, Oh, you know, what do you do for work? Well, I'm, I'm a music producer. Cause that is honestly primarily now where all my, um, my, you know, income comes from. So that must feel really good to say. uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very special. Uh, A lot of people can't say that. So I'm extremely grateful. I remember um, the first time I had to cross uh, like the American border um, as an actor and they asked me for like my occupation. I felt so special (laughs) just being like, yes, I'm an actor. (laughs) Like I didn't have to put down my other jobs. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, I digress. But so you, you have been recording, you've been involved since you were like 12 years old. How long um, did it take you to sort of build your setup to the point where you were able to take on clients? Um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, when I kind of really knew that I wanted to start recording and things as I got older, I started kind of dabbling and getting, you know, as you do, you, you get upgrades in gear or specifically at that point, it was maybe like a new laptop. Right. And then I kind of had, you know, spent what money I could at the local music store and, you know, bought further, uh, gear that I could, you know, just it enhance the recording experience a bit better and so you're constantly building uh that inventory until you know even even now in my setup it's like i can think of you know 50 different things right now that i would love to get but you know you go in your in your strides and you get it to a point where uh it's it's easy to get to, to get you're get you're getting by and you're producing quality stuff uh efficiently with what you have um yeah so i think uh yeah that's kind of i kind of forgot where i was going with that (laughs) yeah i think it's um that's kind of probably like one of the really challenging parts about starting a business in something that's so technology based and something that requires like very specific environment such as like soundproofing and things like that i imagine it would take like a really long time to sort of build that up because you wouldn't necessarily have the capital um you know being like 16 years old when you're you know thinking seriously I want to start this as a business you wouldn't really have that capital the access to that how did you sort of like like start but like you just sort of were were gathering bits and pieces and did you like sort of budget for it did you put things away like how how did Fiddler Productions come to life and And, how long did that take um well, a lot of it kind of started with uh, Bank of Mom and Dad, which was <laughs> extremely helpful. So I'm super grateful. But, you know, my parents were really good about uh, feeling the passions. Like, uh, I've apologized to my parents countless of times because my brother and I were both hockey players and musicians. So you can only imagine the expenses that my parents occurred while we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, as as years went on, I would uh, I would say money. In fact, actually when I started first playing in uh, bands back in like my heavier music days, um, I, you know, I was in my like first, like more serious band at the age of 15. And I was like, Oh, I need like gear in order to start this. So it kind of started there and I went and then got a job. I applied at McDonald's of all things. And I worked at McDonald's for like six months, uh, made, you know, some income to get guitar gear and like the odd recording bits. Cause I was still more of a musician at this point, um, in terms of producing and recording. And then as that kind of went on, uh, you know, my, my jobs changed and stuff. I ended up working at the local grocery store and yeah, I kind of just started putting money away, uh, and then just getting what I needed in order to do, um, enough efficiently for, you know, what I deemed was 
good enough. Um, and then, uh, from, from there, I, uh, um, sorry, I'm just trying to think, uh, after high school, I then applied for a scholarship and such to go to, um, audio engineering course. And then that's when it kind of started really taking off and getting uh, monies together. Thankfully, I'm also um, Métis, so I'm of Indigenous descent. So I actually got some funding on that end too. Uh, it's really important too, if you're trying to get into this kind of industry, like grants and things like that, that you can acquire from government or anything like that. Um, Canada, especially, I'm really grateful for. They're really good about giving out grants and such. I'm not really too sure what uh, the states and such have to offer, but if you can uh, apply yourselves to those, definitely go for it. Scholarships and stuff, they they help. So that definitely helped fuel and fund the passion as I was going into my audio engineering course and started acquiring, again, more gear and things like that and just knowledge. And it wasn't up until like recently Fiddler Productions has only been a business for the last three years, more or less, that's actually been registered as a business. I have a GST number and everything that I have to file at the end of the year. But because for a long time, I was just more so thinking about being a musician, being a session guy, you know, playing in the studio with uh, artists and things. But uh, it ended up being that um, you know, I had this recording background that friends and stuff would be, uh, using me for these like small projects. And then in this industry, it's very much word of mouth. I, I don't use, I'm not very good with social media, um, more or less, cause I don't use it a lot, uh, because I don't, and social media is such a key tool these days in terms for, uh, entrepreneurs and businesses and things that I have enough, I guess, content through my artists that I just share to my, my stories or just make posts about. And then it just automatically becomes word of mouth because those artists and things that I'm sharing are all part of my business card. Those are the things that I've worked on. Those are the things that I've, uh, that's, that's my product. That's what I'm selling. Right. So yeah, it kind of just, uh, it, it, it just going through those, those motions, you know, and, um, it definitely wasn't overnight. Like Becky, you and I used to work on, uh, film sets together and, um, you know, I was doing that after, uh, I had a real I had a retail job before that at the local music store. I was working there for six years and uh, I used actually a lot of that time because, you know, it helped that you would get, um, a bit of a discount through that too. So I acquired a lot of the stuff that I'm still using today to apply to what I'm doing now. And then after that, um, after going on tour and coming back and I was just really kind of like, Oh, you know, I had, I had the mentality of being able to work for myself and it's very tough. I think as some people can admit that when you work for yourself and such, it's very hard to go back to working for someone else. And yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I was very much checked out uh, by that time because I had that taste, and I was like, I, I yeah, I want to do this. So I started kind of doing a bit more of that, doing session work as a musician, and then working on film sets to kind of just balance out the, you know, the days off kind of thing and mm -hmm. help fund and fuel that passion. But it was very clear to me within a year or so of doing uh, production assistant work and things that it wasn't for me and I was getting a lot more inquiries as time went on when I when I wasn't on film I was doing uh, small demo work and stuff for a lot of the songwriters and artists emerging artists around here in Vancouver 
And then when I had to come to film set, which can be really long hours, um, you know, I'm like, wow, I could be making like the same money I'm, I'm making here in a smaller amount of time doing this. And I'm just like, maybe this is what I, I, I need to start doing. And eventually it just came down to it where I was kind of like, yeah, I, I, I quit film altogether. And it's a, a, an extremely uh, difficult and um, it can be risky decision to make. I was very scared, but you have to, I kept in my mind that I would, I would not let myself fail. I was going to make this successful. I'm, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to make a business and this is, this is what's going. I basically future casted. I manifested uh, everything that's come to me so far. And yeah, um, I, like I said, I don't, I'm, it's, I know I'm one of the few people that can say I get to do music for a living and that's, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, and that's a really special thing, and it's quite an achievement. Um, I love everything you're saying there, um, especially with, you know, reaching out to, to find ways to, to fund your dreams. Like, you were lucky you knew exactly what you wanted to do, and you, you dug your heels in, and you very much played a long game. You weren't about, like, that quick gratification. Mm-hmm. You really started building what you wanted to, to to get that business, and you reached out for, like, scholarships and things like that because they have to go to someone, so it may as well be you, you know, yep. and – yeah, and you're, you're investing in yourself and all of your jobs were, were things to fuel that goal. So we're going to take a short break. And when we sure. come back, we're going to learn more about what you do. Great. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. 
Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. You are with Rebecca Shalon and Anthony Fidler. And just before the break, Anthony, you were saying that, like, you know, you had this really strong mindset of, you know, this is what you wanted to do and you were determined to make this a business because you knew you didn't enjoy working for other people and all the other things you tried. So you wanted to make this your reality. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned that you just, like, mistakes weren't an option. But did you make any mistakes? Like, what did those mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, growth doesn't come without mistakes, right? We all make mistakes, but, you know... It's like that saying by Michael Caine in, in Batman, you know, why do we fall so we can pick ourselves back up? Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I think one of my biggest mistakes was not doing this sooner. Um, the fact that I didn't believe in myself right off the bat was um, probably, you know, I won't say detrimental, but, you know, I could be where I'm at right now, possibly even earlier in life. But I think just what I've learned from that, and if it's anything that I can share to the listeners, it's believe in yourself. If there's something that you want and a passion that you have, just just go for it. Um, you know, uh, we're gonna make mistakes as as we go through these things, and uh, it, it's it's gonna happen. You know, um, even if it's just you know something that maybe I send to a client. Uh, you know, it's as simple as yeah, sending something to a client that uh, where an edit kind of was not right, or perhaps the uh, vision uh, that I saw for the song, or I guess the hearing that I heard for the song, um, wasn't in in line with the clients. So therefore, you know, you have to take it and kind of revamp and, and make it more to them. Because in the end, you know, it's the artist and you want them to be happy as well. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful to say that that hasn't really happened too often. And uh, if it does, it's usually like a couple of changes here and there. But I think, yes, the biggest mistake was not believing in myself um, earlier. And I think uh, just everyone should always just believe in themselves. If it's a passion and something that you really want to do, um, you know, go for it. Don't look back. Um, and yeah, ma- manifest future cast. See yourself doing that and it will happen. Thoughts mm. become things. I think, you know, that's that's quite a common theme on, on a lot of the guests that we have, um, especially, you know, those such as yourself who have really found success in what they're doing. A lot of what they say is, you know, vocalize and visualize the things that you want and really mm-hmm. sort of bring that to the front of your mind. So it obviously works. <laughs> it's a powerful thing. Honestly, uh, I wasn't really aware I was doing it, nor did I believe I was doing it or believe it at all until I met 
um, my fiance and one of my main bands that who is actually going to be guest starring on the show, I think in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, we are having her soon. I'm really excited. Actually. Yeah. So they are extremely huge in manifesting and future casting and just putting it out to the universe where things to happen. And it's like a lot of people are very much, oh, that's hippie stuff. Like, oh, you know, you guys are crazy, spiritual, da, da, da. No, it, it works. And I am one of the people that was very much like that like that is some hippie bs like i'm not going to believe like you just say something it's going to happen nope it it does it may not happen overnight it may not happen in three weeks three months but it will happen and it's if if you can visualize and see yourself doing it it will it will become a thing it will happen i totally believe that and you know in in addition to that uh something that someone once told me is that you'll you'll never be told that it's it's not something that exists and doesn't work by someone who's doing more than you. You'll only be told that by someone who, who is like putting their limits on you. hundred percent. Like, but if they're doing more and they're, you know, they're, they're also seeing what they're doing come to light. They're not going to take away from like what's making you see your dreams. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. So, um, let's let's talk more about like um your artist you said your fiance uh is one of your artists too um and they're up for some bcc ma awards as are you what what are the awards that you're up for right now i am currently up for um and just so i guess listeners know uh the bcc ma's are the british columbia country music Association oh yeah awards. <laughs> should probably say oh no it's okay <laughs> i just i figured that there's gonna be some uh, people listening that, that didn't know or maybe didn't read totally fair <laughs> but, uh, uh, so that is an association here that's um, in Canada in British Columbia each province has their own and then there's our national one which is the CCMAs uh, which is the Canadian Country Music Awards um, so provincially for the BCCMAs I am up for producer uh, producer of the year recording professional of the year um, guitar player of the year and songwriter of the year that's amazing. Those are some really cool achievements and like that's definitely a highlight of your career. Would you say it's the the strongest highlight of your career? I'd, I'd say so too. I think one of the biggest things was as well too was being uh, recognized and nominated nationally as well. Uh, this year for the Canadian Country Music Awards, I was nominated as a studio of the year. Um, I, yeah, I made it to the second, second ballot just before the final ballot. So, uh, that was a win in itself to even be, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy in a, you know, a, a bedroom converted studio and I'm competing with a bunch of these commercial studios that, you know, you pay big bucks to go into and, you know, they had their whole live room and everything and all the big uh, mixing boards and outboard gear and stuff with a bunch of knobs that, you know, half of us don't even know what they do. Um, so it's, uh, it was extremely, um, uplifting and I was very humbled to, uh, discover that. So. Yeah, that's gotta be, feels so great to be in, in the pond with all the big fish and, you know, be a contender as well. Like yeah, it was cool. That's really awesome. What about, the song that hit number 33 on the billboards. Have you, have you, how many songs have you had on the billboard chart? Um, yeah. So that song was called the good old days. I wrote that with Chris Buck, uh, Ryan Stead and uh, Jeff Johnson. And um, we got songwriter of the year last year for that song. And yeah, I went to top 33. I think that's about the highest single I've had so far, which is 
also a great milestone. Um, there have been other uh, singles that I've produced and been involved with that I have climbed the charts. They've top, they've broken through the 100. Um, but I think that was probably the highest climbing single as of late. Um, and yeah, it was it was extremely special. Um, you know, and you invest your time, especially when it comes to songwriting and songwriters. I have such a profound respect for songwriters because they invest a lot of their time to make what everyone at home and that's listening right now and what you're hearing on the radio is not just the artists. They're collaborating with these songwriters that work from behind the scenes and no one knows what they look like. You know, no one knows what they sound like or anything like that, but they are some of the most, um, uh does the most deserving and uh should be the most respected people i think in the industry um Mm -hmm. especially just with the way the world's working with royalties and things like that um uh yeah they should be really known for their contributions to um our world of music for sure yeah it's also a very hard um part of the industry to get into as well you really have to like know people very much that that would be a dream job i would love to get into that but um you got you got contacts and resources too so if you ever if you ever need them you know yeah ask so (laughs) well that is that is a good point and i will take you up on that but that is a good point about um networking as well so building your support network in your environment um has obviously made a huge impact on on your successes um what would you say has been like the most important thing you've learned in terms of um building a business oh um you know what i think all in all for me that's really helped is just to to stay positive and see the bigger picture there are times like just because i have seen success and and had success with my business doesn't mean that you know i don't owe money on credit cards or line of credits and stuff you invest in yourself and and all those kinds of things to build your um your your inventory and your um there's a word that i'm looking for that i can't think of right now but uh when those, you know, not just those times, but just times in general where, you know, work could be slow or, you know, um, you get some bad news from like that one radio tracker or, or uh, radio station. That's like, ah, this song isn't the production for me or something like that. Like that's going to happen. And I think just being um, able to take the constructive criticism and just being positive, uh, it's very easy to get stressful in not only this industry, but I'm sure a ton just, you know, um, especially when, uh, you know, everyone, people are counting on you and people are looking to you to help make the decisions and stuff. And just, I think in a lot of businesses, especially this one, um, every, every thing is always a gamble here. Uh, the, the industry itself is, always changing especially with covid and just the internet and you know spotify apple and all that kind of stuff taking over it's you know no one's really kind of sure what to do yet and that can be stressful and it's just really good to keep your chin up and be okay with taking constructive criticism Hmm. and you know i think there's a lot of things that you can look towards in order to keep that chin up because you are quite accomplished and have achieved so much um, we've talked a lot about like the highlights of your business. Uh, what have been some of like the biggest challenges you faced? Some of the biggest challenges. Um, yeah, I think honestly, it's 
there will always be new challenges. I think some of the previous challenges that have definitely made themselves aware is, you know, when you start a business, you're kind of, you are, you're, you're itching for that success. You're trying to keep things afloat and um, that can, that can be scary, especially when there's kind of no fallback. Like I remember the day that I quit um, working on film set and actually it was really nice because my roommate, he's a filmmaker um, and he did the same thing. Him and I both quit on the same day and we both kind of, it was really nice having that support system where we were both like, yep, this is happening. There ain't no turning back. It's fifth gear from here. And that's, that can be, yeah, that, that was a challenge. It was, it was a challenge doing that, letting go of the safety net in order to just focus on the bigger picture and creating what is now. And that was yeah, three years ago. So Mm. I think that really does sort of give you that turning point. And I think, you know, as you mentioned before, it's that self-belief that you, you think was holding you back. And that was the point where you really sort of took a bet on yourself. Absolutely. Um, I I definitely think that's important. Like if there's anyone listening out there, you know, um, looking for your sign, this is it. (laughs) So, uh, believe in yourself. And I, I definitely remember the day that I quit my full-time job as well. Like I I have a marketing, um, degree and I was like a marketing manager and I was just like, no, I, I need to do what's making my soul happy and, and, you know, pursue a career in the arts. But as you say, like, it's, it's so difficult, um, because so much of this industry is rejection. Um, so, a good thing to do is to, to build that like sort of tough skin. Um, would you say that all of these experiences that you've had to like, you know, shield yourself from all this rejection, does that help to fuel your songwriting at all? What do you generally write about? Oh yeah. I mean, um, you know, cause anytime you get uh, rejection or something like that, you just have to kind of don't think of it as rejection. Think of it as some as constructive criticism. It's more or less like, Oh, these are just notes that I can apply to what I already know to make it better. And it's like, you know, they just may not have worded it the way I had. <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of, right. So some people can be rude. Some people can be, you know, just really tough love. And I think everyone should be open to being able to accept that because you can't grow and you can't know if you're doing something right or wrong. If, no one tells you. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important, you know, always going forward, uh, especially for me, um, you know, when someone says, Oh, you know, maybe this uh, production isn't, you know, up to, up to par or something, or, um, you know, maybe, or, you know, one songwriter is like, Oh my God, I love the way the production is on this. And the other songwriter is like, ah, no, I was hearing something completely different. Like, you know, then it's kind of, you know, I, okay, well, let's find a compromise. Let's work, let's work with that. Or, um, in terms of songwriting. Yeah. It's, uh, Oh, you know, like these lyrics aren't really, uh, grasping the, uh, listener or, you know, if you're, uh, if an artist is giving it to their radio tracker and the radio tracker is presenting it to the radio program directors and music directors, they, it may not uh, entice them or it's like, or they'll say things like, Oh, this doesn't really match with what, you know, radio is playing right now. It's like, okay, well back to the drawing board and let's look at and listen to what the radio is playing right now. And uh, you know, write songs in that regard that we can, um, you know, really relate to. So yeah, it's always, you're always learning and it's just really key to keep that uh, chin up and just know that it's just constructive criticism as you go. 
So it sounds like you've had to do like a lot of work surrounding communication and also like compromising and things. How did that sort of journey evolve from when you uh, first started as like a musician who was like maybe attached to the things that they were creating to now as like a collaborator and someone who who tries to make someone else's vision come to life? How do you sort of go about separating that um my art from creating helping someone else's vision uh very good question yeah that um especially coming from um you know bands long before where i am now where we used to write our own material right together and things or i used to have songs that i would present to the band and kind of have ways that i would want to hear it play and ask them to play it this way and then you know come into the industry that is now where it's very much um a collaborative effort uh, took actually some time for me to really adjust. I was kind of like, well, you know, and, and what, why is what I'm doing by myself not good enough? Well, it's, it's always the case, you know, three heads are better than one. Um, you know, you typically you find yourselves in, in a song, right. Where with a, another person, another or two other people, three other people, you know, um, I, I write with my fiance's group, there are three. And sometimes we have another writer. Sometimes there's five people in the room and it's like, those are just more heads that can take you out of your comfort zone and, um, introduce their ideas, which in turn to you are new ideas. And it's just kind of stuff that you can take from them and apply, you know, into the next song, right. Or into the next, uh, production kind of thing. So that's kind of how I see it. Mm. How do you sort of know when to like pick a battle and say, no, it should be this way or when to like, let it go, especially as someone who's being paid to, to create what they want. Very. Yeah. So that, (laughs) that's a good question. Um, in the end, you know, it's, uh, yeah, sometimes there are, there are, um, artists that are like, you know what, oh, I really want this instrument on there. And it's kind of just like, I'm, you know, I'm just, uh, sometimes I have to be like, oh, you know what, we don't really, this song doesn't need it. Like, there's not, there's no room for it. I'm like, this is just going to really, you know, bundle things up together and it's just not going to sound good. And sometimes it's just, you know, you have to, there is no right and wrong. It's more or less for me. It's like, just go on your gut instinct. If this part, uh, you know, doesn't need to be there, it's like, then it doesn't need to be there. Um, one of the best things that I just learned not even learn, but that is constantly told to me and was just told to me last month was like, you know what, this is how this song sounds. Don't overthink it. And I'm like, yeah, that is great advice. And sometimes I have to pull the producer card. I'm like, well, you know what, you're paying me to do this and I'm doing this on based on what I know. I'm your producer. I know what, you know, the radio needs to, needs and wants to hear, but we're also trying to give them something new and fresh. So I'm like, maybe we do go with this or maybe we just find a new sound, but this part really needs to be there kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. Sounds like there's a lot of strategy to it, but um, these questions are really interesting to me and like, I definitely want to delve more into this, but we're going to take a little bit of a break and we'll come back with Anthony Fiddler. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. 
Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com. That's brandy with an I at globalteenwealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. You're with Rebecca Shalon and Anthony Fidler. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, so we're just in these final moments. Uh, Anthony, is, is there anything that uh, I haven't like addressed that maybe you want to touch on at all um, that you, you want to share? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, you know, more or less to the, to the, to the believing in yourself, um, especially if you're like with my industry and stuff, it's always, always good to ask questions. I think as we all, all know, going through school and stuff, asking, asking questions, but um, especially for if there's artists out there that are listening and things and, you know, you're green and you're not really too sure, you know, what, what steps to take and stuff. Believe me, there isn't really many right answers when it comes to this industry, because there is a different approach for everything. Um, You know, artists can get their lucky break and get discovered by a management label that will then basically have their plans laid out for you. Or, you know, you can be your own boss and create your own plans and that's okay. Um, But just, just ask questions, uh, you know, get involved. Um, you know, just, yeah, really open yourself to, to everything, everything, be a sponge. And, um, you know, yeah, it's always good to also, um, eventually, you know, have, have some kind of plan. Um, you know, a lot of these grant applications and stuff ask for marketing plans and business plans. And a lot of our certain stuff are like, uh, really, I 
don't want to do this. But in the end, they actually be, they, you know, I get artists to go back and look at it. And it's like, well, what did you have here? And it's like, well, yeah, I had, you know, to use this money to go, you know, record a single and stuff. I'm like, well, let's go and do it. Or it's like, what were you doing here? It's like, oh, well, this is going to be uh, a photo shoot and stuff. It's like, well, go and do it. They actually end up being really great tools. Um, yeah. Yeah. They start to become like lists. <laughs> totally. Yeah. They're super helpful. How do you go about um, finding artists to work with? Um, a lot of it, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm thankful in the sense that it's, that it was very much uh, word of mouth um, for, for, you know, from, from where I'm at right now, but uh, a lot of it is uh, being involved. Um, obviously right now with COVID and stuff, uh, social gatherings and such are not a thing. So, uh, yeah, but there are things online. So I've even, you know, gone on a, like a couple of seminars here and there to just chat and say what's up and all that kind of stuff. But um, back when, you know, social gatherings were a thing, I would uh, try to make myself as, you know, especially with like the BCCMAs and and other um, genre related events, I would try and make myself available to go to these things and mingle and just meet new people. Uh, again, just really immerse myself and immerse yourself in uh, events and just kind of anything that you can, uh, you know, even if you go there and you get if you don't get anyone on your, on your palette, at least you now have maybe one to, you know, 10 names that you can at least reach out to afterwards and be like, Hey, you know, like want to go get coffee or it's like, Hey, what's going on? Da, da, da. Or maybe you do get a client out of it. Um, you know, for me right now, yeah, it's, uh, I, it kind of starts as just, like I said, kind of word of mouth, but you know, I had to start somewhere. I was immersing myself in the association and all these events and stuff. And then, yeah, uh, creating a lot of friends in in the industry and uh, yeah, just one thing kind of leads to another. Yeah. Being open to opportunities is, is definitely important. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot more out of a situation if you, if, if you go into an event going, you know, I could get um, ABC, like all these things from, from this event rather than going in and going, Oh, I'm probably not going to get anywhere. Why am I here? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so with, with your artists and things like that, so your, your Fiddler Productions is very much, you know, the production side of things and, and bringing people's, uh, visions for their music to life. What's the next, um, step? Like, where do you hope to take Fiddler Productions? Do you want to be a label or, or what happens? Uh, oh, that's interesting too. Um, there's, you know, I'm kind of, I'm definitely, cause I mean, they always say, you know, happiness first, you know, before everything else. And I'm certainly happy doing what I'm doing right now. I'm sure there'll be some next level that I, I'm, I'm, I, I will get to that. Um, I, I'm certainly visualizing, especially working with, you know, some of my favorite artists and things like that, uh, whether it be locally or internationally, uh, that would be delightful. But um, yeah, there's, you know, my fiance and I and stuff have been talking about potentially, you know, moving down to Nashville and stuff and getting things started there uh, or jumping between there and, and uh, Vancouver and Canada. But I think definitely, um as I've been seeing things progress, there's been definitely more like opportunities and uh, opportunities with some um, 
like more established artists and things like that. And it's, and it's, it, it's really great. Cause again, it's a really cliche thing to say, but hard work pays off. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Um, so talking about like where, where you're at now and like where you hope to go, what, what are your current projects? Uh, right now I'm just wrapping up the album, uh, the new album from the heels, um, that they'll be, uh, starting to, I guess, market and promote here pretty close, I think. And then I believe it's coming out, uh, definitely next year, um, somewhere between spring and summer, I think. So that's getting sent out, uh, to mastering soon. Um, and then, yeah, I'm finishing up another, uh, well, not finishing. We kind of just started another tune for an artist. His name's Todd Richard. And, um, I wrote with him and our good buddy, Doug, who, um, is a great, great writer, Doug Fulkins. Um, we wrote actually a song, um, back when kind of COVID first happened, that was uh, more or less a tribute to um, nurses and doctors and things. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're currently just getting everything underway to get that uh, started. And that should be out in the new year as well too. And then, yeah, there's uh, there's a couple other things coming down, but being November and such kind of December things, I mean, as if they weren't already slow, things definitely kind of just start slowing down in the industry. Um, no Christmas albums? No, actually, <laughs> no. Uh, although I have been told by the Heels that they would like to commence a Christmas album in January to release for 2021. So Ooh, that's exciting. It could, it could be a thing. They might talk about it in the coming weeks. I don't know. So. Uh, so yeah. with your with your job like where does it start and end so um do you have a hand in like marketing the albums or does it end at production um sometimes uh more or less it, it you know once the production kind of stuff is done uh it's more or less i'm like here you have you have your product and it's like you know ultimately it's up to the artist what they want to do with it it's their brand and how they want to market it uh i am always around for like consultation or if they want any kind of you know input or feedback on hey you know uh should i release it here or you know do you like this uh do you like this album art for uh the spotify and apple music thumbnail or or, you know it ranges but um obviously you know i I get invested in a lot of my projects. So I like to see most of the songs through and see how they do. So, you know, once in a while, if an artist releases it to radio and it's been out for a couple of months, I always just kind of follow up and be like, Hey, how's how's it doing? Kind of thing. So. I like that. It sounds like you care a lot about um, the people that you're working with Um, on, on that sort of note, what is some advice that you can give to anyone who might be an artist, you know, looking into the music industry and things like that? What should they expect from their producer in terms of, you know, do they get the whole song? Do they get, um, you know, instrumentals and things like that? Because as a singer myself, I've definitely been caught out where I'm like, oh, crap, I don't have um, the things that I could use to perform live and no access to getting it because I just have the song. What right. should they ask for from a producer? Um, yeah, I think it, you know, in regards to my, um, client and stuff and what we agree on is, you know, if they come to me for a song, it's usually, you know, I always also make sure that things, I always get them to send me stuff in emails because in that way it's documented and not only just for, um, like, 
recalling stuff it's like at least for both parties you have things written down and things that you've agreed upon but typically for me yeah it's always about getting um you know for me it's the, it's the full track i, I want to see the full full track through and that you know starts everything with drums bass guitars uh, and and vocals and then anything you know anything else keys um, synthesizers all that kind of stuff that you would hear in a track i i i tend to take care of it all so um yeah i mean after the fact it's kind of up to the artist um you know post recording and things to get those things in line if they want to recreate it live mm-hmm. to its full extent um but i mean a lot of artists these days to you know hire their basic band and then would have some sort of backing track uh accessibility whether it's coming from an iphone or an ipad or something going to the uh uh, PA at the venue. I've, you know, countless of artists that I work with, uh, do that all the time. So, but they'll hire, you know, their drummer, bass player, guitar player and whatnot. So. Okay. And if someone wants to hire you, where can they find you? Uh, I have a website. It's www.fiddlerpro.com. All my socials and everything on there are, uh, all available, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And Brandy usually uh, finishes the show with uh, her favorite question. So I'm going to ask it to you as well. If you had like 30 seconds where everybody in the whole world had to just stop and listen to what you had to say, what would you say? Like what, what advice could you give to the, to the young Anthony Fiddlers of the world? (laughs) Um, Probably going back to what I kind of already said before is, believe in yourself you are you you, it shouldn't matter what anybody else in this world thinks about what you want to do in your life in terms of what's going to make you happy happiness comes first beyond all and in all honesty i i i like to think i am a spinning image of that i am so happy doing what i get to do because i've been where artists are before and i want to give that back and i'm i'm happy doing that and yeah typically i don't it feels like i don't have to work a day in my life so believe in yourself and visualize visualize and 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 manifest see yourself in that goal and in that dream that you have and you will get there i believe in all of you I love that. That's a perfect way to end the show. We do believe in all of you. And thank you so much, Anthony, for joining us. It's it's wonderful to hear of your story and how, you know, you built your business and, and you're really seeing the fruits of that. And I'm excited to see where you go next. Um, for everyone who's listening out there, we'll be here same time, same place, five o'clock Pacific time next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Teen Wealth Radio. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program.